This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants, me. You're gonna acknowledge me. All right, everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast. And I've got Anthony DeMarco here with me tonight. And you guys know him from What If, and now it's WWE Retro that he has rebranded his show as. And this past week, he did a show, just so you know, about WWE's, WWF at the time, uh, program where Undertaker was forcing Stephanie McMahon to marry him in the Black Wedding, and Stone Cold saved her. And I really enjoyed that segment in the podcast as well. But, Anthony, tonight we're here to talk about 2022. And we're here to talk about some updated predictions about Brock, when he's coming back, Brand Split, Roman. I mean, it, this is going to be a fun podcast, so welcome back. Thanks, man. Good to be back. And, yeah, 2022 is shaping up to be a year that I think is going to be pretty uncertain in WWE. I remember when I came on here a few weeks ago, and we were kind of, like, talking about the build to WrestleMania 38 and – specifically the main event of Brock versus Roman and the unification match and the biggest wrestling or biggest main event of all time, biggest WrestleMania match of all time, whatever the hell they were calling it towards the end. And I said that it felt like they were just pouring everything they had into this match and that like this was going to be the big finale and they were going to have no idea where to go with it once it was done. They were just kicking that can down the road There was no long-term thinking behind this booking, behind this storyline, behind the branding of the match, behind the unification. And then they were just going to deal with the outcome once it was over. And now that we're a week in and we've had one Raw and one SmackDown following the, quote, biggest WrestleMania match of all time, it kind of feels like they don't have a specific road carved out for Roman Reigns following him becoming the undisputed Universal Champion. No, they don't. I mean, I do wonder, too, if Rick Boogs never got injured in his match, which was legit at WrestleMania, I believe they were slated, Shinsuke and Boogs were slated to win the tag belts, which means Shinsuke would not have interrupted Roman Reigns this past week, which makes me think, okay, if that injury never happened, they don't get the belts, who would have interrupted Roman Reigns? I mean, this this may have been a very happy accident that fell into WWE's lap now that Shinsuke doesn't have a, a tag team partner in Boogs, which I really feel bad for the guy given all the momentum he had and the, the organic love that the audience had for him. But I do I, – I'm also wondering if WWE's kind of breathing a sigh of relief of like, whoa, okay, well, we have an opponent for the next month or two for Roman. Granted, he has literally no chance to beat Roman, but at least it'll be a fun program. It elevates Shinsuke for a little while. And, and do you feel that same way that maybe if that injury didn't happen that Shinsuke wouldn't have interrupted Roman? And if he, if he didn't, who would have? Well, I mean y- – I keep coming back to Drew McIntyre. Like, I just feel like eventually that's where it's going to get to. Like, they've had kind of a 18-month-long program that, like, waiting for them to use that's kind of gone dormant since Survivor Series of 2020. And obviously they spend a lot of 2021, more so the latter half of it, 
investing into rebranding or not so much rebranding drew but rebuilding drew getting him away from the title picture away from the main event and look you know you spend i think far too long with happy corbin and madcap moss even going back to SummerSlam of last year you had the one-on-one match with jinder mahal so i do understand what they were doing with drew mcintyre and you spoke to it at length on your shows and how this was needed. You couldn't just keep force feeding Drew in the main event and world championship picture. But now I think it's almost getting to a point that like you just have to get there eventually. Like it's been six months now that Drew McIntyre has been on SmackDown with Roman Reigns and they have not crossed paths once. And it's just getting to a point for me. And now it seems like maybe Sami Zayn and Drew will have a, a small program. And at this point, I guess they're going to build towards SummerSlam because you're not going to throw Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns away at a backlash pay-per-view or Money in the Bank or Hell in a Cell, like a B-level pay-per-view as such. But, I mean, had Rick Boogs not gotten hurt, maybe it would have been Shinsuke Nakamura all the same because... Okay, aside from Drew McIntyre, who I don't think they would have gone to right away, who is the next babyface in line over on SmackDown? I I don't know. I don't. I mean, outside of rehashing an old rivalry, I don't know who they would have gone to. And I think that the the whole the whole problem with Drew is just exactly like you said. They want to make sure that they have their big biggest party of the summer their biggest pay-per-view of the summer their second wrestlemania that it's now kind of been branded as making sure that they have that main event set which means roman reigns and drew mcintyre they have to go there for SummerSlam. so they 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 want to make sure that they have that set and they have their main event set for SummerSlam, so they don't have to scramble in a couple of months when they're like oh crap we don't have someone ready for roman so I don't think, just like you, that we're going to see anybody challenging, at least if they do, in, in any kind of real threat, a real threatening way to have Roman lose until Drew gets there. And Drew could very well be the first guy in in, in a long time that has the real chance of defeating Roman Reigns. And and he could actually be that guy that, that does take the belt off Roman. And I'd, actually, I'd be totally fine with that. But I do also wonder, is Roman going to defend this belt as a single singular belt, or is it going to be defended in pieces, like they did with their Smack, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship a couple of years ago? Even is, They said it's unified, yet he has two physical belts. Maybe they haven't got to actually developing one belt, or they'll keep two and tell you it's one. Do you think that even if Drew beats him, is it is it for one? Is it two? How do they How do they split that up? Well, the verbiage that they're using would lead you to believe that it's one, right? Like, they're calling it one specific championship. It's kind of like when they unified the World Heavyweight and WWE Championship in, what was it, December of 2013 between Cena and Randy Orton. They were the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And another thing, quickly on this, because this is the third time that they've unified World Championships, going back to the... WWF and WCW Championship, the WWE Championship and the World Championship, now Universal and WWE. Eventually, if this is what they're doing again, it will go back to being known as the WWE Championship. We all know that, right? Like, it's been done mm-hmm. twice before. It's going to be the WWE Championship. And to be honest, I think one of the reasons why they did this unification, if it does, in fact, hold to be true that it is one title, is 
is because they didn't like the fact that the WWE Championship was no longer the most prestigious championship in the company. That's one of my beliefs. But back to your first question is that will they defend it um, individually or together? I think it's going to be together because I don't think that they believe that they have enough star power to hold a world title on each show. I disagree with that. I think what they've done is that they've made it such. I think the way they've booked Roman has given them no choice but to have one world champion. Because for the last 12 months or so, they've booked Roman so much superior to any WWE champion that they've had, even kind of including Brock, although it didn't really feel like he was the WWE champion as soon as he became the champion, it just felt like there was no Raw World champion because it was just almost exclusively a SmackDown program. I think that it could have been okay. Like, I think, like, we talked about it at length with the guy like Seth Rollins. I think that you could have made Seth Rollins feel as big as Roman Reigns. I think Bobby Lashley was a damn good WWE champion. I'm not a huge fan of Big E, but I just think that they put no real effort into billing him as a true world champion. So I think that them just putting such little effort into building a significant world champion on the Raw side of things, but backed themselves into a corner where they had no choice but to make one world champion to not risk devaluing the WWE championship. And then that kind of would lead me to my next question that we'll pitch to you. Do you think that they've booked Roman Reigns so strongly over the last 18 months or so? You know, running through guys like Brock Lesnar and especially John Cena, effectively squashing him at last year's SummerSlam. The Rock being nowhere in sight, beating Edge and Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, all these guys that they've booked themselves into a corner with Roman Reigns. Well, they've certainly run through the roster other than Drew McIntyre and, yeah, Shinsuke, but we all know Shinsuke is just going to get steamrolled. Uh, you know, they have run out of people on the roster on SmackDown, which is my biggest belief why they, quote-unquote, unified these belts, is because it opens up the other half of the roster to, for Roman to work with that he hasn't worked with in a while. I mean, he's got unfinished business with Seth. Yes, Seth is a heel, but their matchup that they had at Survivor Series was really, really good, and there's unfinished business with Roman beating down Seth at the end of that match that we all are just supposed to forget about. Uh, so I think it opens up a totally new set of guys for him to work with, and, and will keep it fresh enough to get to the next brand split. Now, with the next brand split, I mean... I. I, I don't know if there even is one. I mean, that, that could be the next question that, that we have here. But I think that Roman Reigns right now, is is he being booked so strong that they've booked themselves into a corner? Well, he's not squashing people like Omas is, like where it's not competitive. I mean, Brock Lesnar came within an inch of beating Roman Reigns. I mean, Kevin Owens, when he had his like three or four matches against Roman Reigns, came Oh my God! How many? How how close did he come to winning the championship? And you know, even Finn Balor, if the rope didn't break, which it was supposed to, but if it didn't, and and he had hit the coup de gras, would would he have won that match? I mean, so Roman has gotten lucky with with a few uh, a few instances during matches. He had Paul Heyman help him. He's had the Usos be able to help him. He's he's shown vulnerability. It's not that they're booking him as Superman where he's totally impenetrable like Omas until Bobby Lashley, of course, but they're not building him like that. They're showing weaknesses, they're showing vulnerability. He beat Brock clean for the most part of WrestleMania, 
But more often than not, he needs help or he needs Lady Luck to help him uh, hold on to that championship. So I don't think they're booking themselves into a corner where there's nobody that could that's feasible to beat him that in your mind isn't. But they're running out of people on SmackDown, which is why they've opened up the whole roster to Raw. Drew is set for uh, likely SummerSlam and has a very good chance of actually beating him. Um, and yeah, I mean, The Rock, again, I, I'm done talking about The Rock until it's real. I've, I've, I've booked myself into a corner with The Rock. I'm tired of talking about <laughs> it. I, I've, I have made myself a fool on the show for talking about him so many times. I mean, I thought The Golden Egg was leading to The Rock. I mean, I thought something he was going to show up at The Rumble and win The Rumble. Then I thought he was going to show up at WrestleMania after the match. And The Rock is, I guess, too busy, uh, if, I don't know, taking selfies in the gym or you know, whatever he does. And um, I, I know he's working with the XFL. Obviously, he's owned the XFL. But so he's got another project on his plate. But I'm tired of talking about it because it's just disappointment after disappointment with The Rock. Um, that said, though, I mean, yeah. So do I think they're booking themselves into a corner? I hate to split the kind of split the answer here but like yes and no yes in the fact that they've run through the roster on smackdown but no because they've also shown vulnerability he's you know there is kryptonite to superman here there are guys that can beat him yeah i i agree on that from when i said booking them in themselves into a corner i i felt like more in the sense of like they've invested so much time into roman that like it feels like every other wrestler play second fiddle to him and i guess that's kind of the point but you know like i was watching like 1999 wrestling from 23 years ago right on the wwe network and obviously steve austin was the guy but like right under steve austin you had the rock and then like a smidge under the rock you had guys like taker and triple h Shawn michaels when he was healthy even mankind for a bit and, like, there was always kind of, like, a believability that he was going to lose. Steve Austin, that is. And with Roman Reigns, I feel like it's gone to the point that, like, even a guy like Seth Rollins, who I think could easily be the top guy in the company. You know, like, I think that he has all the tools to be a world champion on Monday Night Raw all on his own. But I feel like even with a guy like Seth Rollins, there's such a big gap between Roman and Seth. Even a guy like Drew McIntyre, who I agree probably is your only option here, unless you're waiting for a guy like Braun Breaker to come up. But at that point, you're probably looking until next year's WrestleMania. I think Drew is your only other option. But I think that there's such a big discrepancy between where Drew stands and where Roman stands. Even a guy like Lashley, who I thought the way they built up Bobby Lashley in 2021 was arguably their best work of the entire year. And that's saying something based on how brilliant Roman was. I think that there's such a huge difference between where Lashley is and where Roman is. So I guess when I say that they've booked themselves into the corner, I mean from the standpoint as like it feels as though it's Roman on the top of the hill and then everyone else so far beneath him. And I guess on some level it's supposed to feel that way because he is the world champion. But I also feel that maybe just maybe they've swung too far in that direction. It's certainly very top heavy. And I, it, you're right. I mean, with with that all star roster in the late 90s, early 2000s, even into the ruthless discretion era, there was there were many very high level top tier, ultra talented future Hall of Fame talents that were there on a, on a weekly basis that we took for granted. And right now. It is. It's Roman Reigns, and then there's like you know, it's a it's a it's a fairly large drop off to the next tier, and there's good and bad to that. Number one, the good part is like you have your established 
face of the company, no doubt about it, this is our guy. It, there's no question. Sometimes there's ambiguity and you're not sure, and it's like, who is it? It's Roman. I mean, period, end of subject. So that's a good thing because you want somebody to be the face of the company, and you have that. But on the same on the same uh, side of the coin here, on the other side, you, you have – Everybody else. Well, what's the problem with having everybody else? They get mishmashed into the same level of obscurity at times or 50-50 booking or into programs that feel beneath them. Like like Drew has been in a program that programs for many, many months now that you're like, okay, can we just elevate him? Are we? Can we just move up? I know they're saving him. They know that's the race in the hole, but Drew has felt uh, a bit demoted for the time being. And, yeah, I mean, that's the problem is th- that next level, there's like – 10 guys that are there that, you know, in, in if Roma didn't exist, they would be your top talent. And they feel like they are lower than maybe they should be because of how much attention WWE has given Roman Reigns. And his ent- Roman Reigns' entrance is longer than some matches on the show. I mean, like, Roman Reigns' entrance is, like, five minutes long. It's crazy. Like, you see 10 minutes left in the show, and I skip ahead to, like, four minutes because I know the first six minutes is going to be his entrance. And so... Uh, they have given him main event spot after main event spot after main event spot. And I think they've done an excellent job, but yeah, I think that the problem is that I think it's more of a problem than it is a positive that there are just, just like this mega star that they've put all their chips into. And then there's like everybody else, but you could also make the case he's helped elevate new, new stars in, in, in losses. Like, I mean, that's the goal anyway, you know, um, but in the interest of time, I do want to ask you related though. Uh, do you think that Brock Lesnar is going to return for SummerSlam? I mean, that seems to be Brock's MO. He, he gets brought in, uh, you know, late in the, late in the year, he gets into rumble season. He'll, you know, he, he wins the rumble. He goes to WrestleMania, he loses, and then he goes away until SummerSlam. I mean, that seems to be Brock Lesnar's life in pro wrestling these days. Do you think it's the same thing this time around where he shows up somewhere around uh, SummerSlam time? It's going to depend if they can build up a worthy storyline for him in time. And with that being said, I think we may not see Brock until the Rumble because the last how many years you want to go back now, like five years, Brock would just come back around SummerSlam time and either come back as the Universal slash WWE champion and he would just be in hibernating following his retention of said title at WrestleMania or he would come back and immediately insert himself into the world championship picture. Now, I don't foresee Roman Reigns losing the championship or plural if we see if it goes to, if it ultimately comes that between now and SummerSlam and you can't possibly think they'll go back to Roman and Brock again you just have to hope assume pray whatever verb you want to use that that is done and buried with so between now and SummerSlam are they going to be able to build a worthy enough opponent slash program to bring Brock back and burn some of the matches off of his contract because I, that's how his contract works, right? It's by match mm-hmm. or by appearance. Or yeah, so. they have like they have uh, slated shows, a number of appearance, number number of like television appearances. They have a yeah, number of matches. Yeah, it's very specific on his contract, from what I understand. Yeah. So let let's go with the assumption that Roman Reigns is facing Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam for the undisputed championship. What else, as of right now, are you going to bring Brock back for? 
and use one of those appearances or or matches. And I can't think of one. Like, you've already done him versus Bobby Lashley, as underwhelming as it is. You've already done him versus Seth Rollins. And after that, like, is there any opponent on the roster who's worthy of facing him? Like, Omos? No, thank you. I I think, like, Omos is... I think I, I get what they're doing, but he's not a guy that I think that is really ever going to amount to anything. I don't know if you realize this about Omos, but when he wrestles, sometimes he smiles. Like, I don't know if you've caught that, but he has like a smile on his face while he's like trying to be angry and scary. And it's kind of takes, I, I don't know if you ever realize that, but like when he does his roar, like when he comes back down, he's like kind of has like this underlying smile. I'm just like, why is this guy smiling? Like, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Back on the Brock topic, like I just don't know if they'll have a worthy enough program for him in time to come back by SummerSlam. Well, um, well, first of all, I, I will now notice this and I will never not see it again um, <laughs> is, is the Omas smile. Um, it's probably because he's he's legitimately having a good time and forgetting that he's a heel and needs to never smile. But um, yeah. so the thing is with Brock now, this is completely fantasy booking um, on my part, and it will likely not happen. But it's not out of the realm of impossibility. And that is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar and Exodus WrestleMania. And the reason I say that is, number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin came out of retirement. Nobody ever thought, including myself, including probably Steve Austin himself, ever thought that he would come out of retirement. By the way, I can't find his beer anywhere. The American Lager, it's sold out everywhere. So somebody, please send me a six-pack. It's gone. It's completely gone. (laughs) Um, But that said, I I, I know that seems a little bit far-fetched and, oh, well, that's – who wants to see that? Well, number one, Stone Cold is kind of now back in the mindset of of being in a ring. He is assessing how his body feels. Um, He knows mentally that he can do it. The crowd still is 1,000% behind him. And he recently said about a month or two months ago, three months ago, in a WWE kind of like rapid-fire question – segment um that who would you want to face that you never were able to face in your career his immediate quick answer was brock lesnar immediate and there is a lot of history there with them with them not actually having a match together with the infamous walkout in 2002 they had a, a bit of a skirmish with him as the referee in 04 at wrestlemania 20 like there, there's a lot they could really build on and they could tell a story from 20 years ago and i think it'd be really well done and Stone Cold would have much, much more time to prepare for this match than he did, which apparently was only three, two, three months to prepare for the Kevin Owens match. He would have, what, like uh, 11 months to prepare for this matchup with Brock Lesnar, which he would need all of it to prepare for Brock Lesnar with all the German suplexes and scary German suplexes he would probably take. And so I think there's something to be said for that. And, and that's really the only person that you could have, in my estimation, face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 39 in L.A. I mean, outside of that, if you're looking at the current roster, like you said, Omos is probably the only one. I know you don't want to see it, but it, it, maybe Omos improves immeasurably this year. Maybe he does, and it's Omos versus Brock Lesnar next year because they already went to the well with Bobby. Seth, we've already seen. I mean, who the hell else? Edge? I mean, Edge versus Brock Lesnar? I mean, I don't, maybe. Maybe, maybe Edge versus Brock Lesnar. But outside of that, yeah, they they are very limited on Brock Lesnar opponents, too. And God help us if it's Roman again. I don't think it can be Roman again. And that's another kind of unfortunate byproduct of the way they booked their product up until WrestleMania. Is that you put Brock and Roman on this unattainable pedestal for the rest of the roster. 
And now nobody else is worthy with the exception of maybe Drew McIntyre, because I do think that they've quietly done a really good job building Drew McIntyre back up. And I do think the crowd is really behind him. And I still do think that he is their top level baby face for the foreseeable future. But I, I just, I don't see any other competitor on the roster right now worthy of competing with either aside from Drew McIntyre. And like I said, it won't be Drew McIntyre. I mean, unless maybe they do that. Like, could they do a non-title match between Drew and, pardon me, and Brock Lesnar and book someone else for Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? Yeah, I think that they. I I don't see why not. It, to be honest, I mean, whoever they should look at this, and I'm sure they do, given how long Roman's reign, no pun intended, has been with the <laughs> with the title. That you know, they have to use this win, this victory, or and this defeat by on, on Roman's end. With somebody they know they can use to springboard their career forward. Even if it's somebody that's already established like Drew. Again, I've said it before, I said it again, that Drew being the one to end Roman's streak and take the belt, I would be fine with because Drew is still got a lot of days ahead of him inside the ring. Fans respect him. It's believable. So Drew is a... To me, the top candidate to beat Roman Reigns and finally take away his nearly 600-day run. Um, but other than that, whoever beats Roman, it should be somebody that they can build on, that that person could use and they could talk about, and it'd be a big moment for that person's career. That's why I never wanted Brock Lesnar to do it. I don't want The Rock to do it either. If The Rock's going to come back, it needs to be in a non-title match. I don't want the, the title on the line. So Roman better lose it prior to The Rock coming back if that ever happens next soon at next year's WrestleMania. So, um, I mean, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I there it is. I really don't remember what your question is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it was basically like, could they have Drew McIntyre versus Brock at SummerSlam and go with somebody else oh, yeah. against Roman? Yeah, yeah, so, they, yeah. Well, look, for me, Drew makes the most sense to take the belt off of Roman Reigns because it would be like the most ultimate long-term booking because they first started clashing in what was it late 2018, early 2019 when the shield was having their final run and Drew was with Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin. Then they had the match at WrestleMania 35, which Roman won. Then they had the match at Survivor Series 2020, which Roman won. So you could book the whole, like, Roman's the only guy that Drew has not been able to defeat since really getting coming back to the WWE and all that. And like you said, is that, you know, the crowd is behind him. He's already established, so it wouldn't be like kind of like a leap of faith if you were going with a Braun Breaker that you're just trying to legitimize him and end this historic reign all at once. That like I'm sure like I haven't seen a, a ton of Braun Breaker, but as much as people like him and as promising as he is in the ring, it would still be a risk. So uh, it's just to me, it's more a question of when as opposed to if Drew is the one to break this because. You know, who else do they have? Like, he has not got Well, no, he technically has gone through Drew McIntyre as well at Survivor Series 2020, but that was in a non-title fashion. But then you also have the problem of Brock Lesnar. And yes, Stone Cold Steve Austin at this very moment is the only guy that I could really see it being worth the time of bringing Brock back. But this is, I guess, the only problem that I, I really have with the Roman Reigns run because I have loved it for the most part, but it's just gotten to a point where, where, and you could throw Brock in this mix as well, is that Roman is on such a pedestal now, along with Brock Lesnar, that like any guy who steps to either of them is non-believable. 
And you could even throw a guy like John Cena into that category. Like John Cena was already always kind or always the last four years or so since he became part time was always the guy they kind of kept in their back pocket. Like, okay, if we need a big level draw, we'll bring back Cena. But after his last appearance against Roman Reigns, which I think was just a glorified squash match. And then once SummerSlam went off the air, Brock Lesnar absolutely buried him and suplexed him like 20 times or whatever. I don't even think John Cena is a guy that you could bring back and kind of thrust into that role. Like, what? where do you think John Cena stands in all of this? Uh, I don't think John Cena's had his last match. And I think all of us uh, agree that he, he does have a few left in him. He hasn't officially retired from anything. And if 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 he were to come back and face Brock again, I oh, look, the thing is with John, well, you look at his last match at SummerSlam and you're like, wow, yeah, that it wasn't super competitive on John's end. It was much about much to do about Roman and his dominance and it helped push Roman forward and all that, which it did do. And then Brock came out and did his thing. But the thing is with John Cena, that I mean, that was what, six months ago, however long it was. Um, John Cena is so good on the mic that he could talk you back into wanting to see that again and make you believe that he could beat Brock Lesnar again because he's that good on the mic. Um, so I, I, I have faith that John Cena in his promos, given how good he is, would make us care again and make us maybe believe that John Cena is the one to take him down um, and, and, and solely because of how good he is on the microphone. So that that's my thought. Um, and, and one thing I'll ask you, too, um, as we close things out. Is the brand split going to die in 2022 sometime this year? Or do you think maybe there's an argument to be made? It's kind of already dead, given the fact they're unifying belts now, um, which, I mean, I, I think you and I are on the same page of typically less belts is good, even though they don't have a world champion on both shows, which maybe that's not so good. But the tag belts being unified, excellent. I think that's great. But with people just indiscriminately now coming over with no explanation, they're just they were just invited over. Liv Morgan's on Raw. Uh, the the Bloodline is on SmackDown or on on Raw. Uh, you know, people are just crossing over all the time. It's not even it's 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 not even like a, a big deal anymore to most people. You could argue it's kind of already dead. Um, they want to they want both. I think they want to have their cake and eat it too, where they have a brand split. They can say they have a brand split, which they follow like, you know, 60% of the time. But when it's convenient, we don't explain why, but these people come over here. I think they want both the best of both worlds and hoping we don't care or don't notice that, Hey, wait a minute. There's a brand split, right? What do you think? I mean, it's, um, it's trending in the direction that there's not a brand split, and the most telling, you know, thing about that is the unification of belts. Now Roman wants the Usos to unify the the tag team championships. I mean, I've always been a proponent of the brand split. I think it just increases the the um, the quality of the product. I think it gives you a reason to watch SmackDown. We've talked about this before that maybe this it will be a bit different this time now that that Fox has the rights to SmackDown, maybe it will be a different story. But traditionally, whenever there isn't a brand split, there is no reason to watch SmackDown. Raw always becomes the main cog in advancing storylines. Like we were talking about SmackDown from 2009 till 2016. Was there a reason to tune into SmackDown in those years? I think not. 
Um, you know, like when the, when the logo was smacked down with the black X in the back and all that, like, I just think that there's way more bad as opposed to good that comes out of a non-brand split. But at the same time, if you're hell-bent on pushing one and one guy alone with sometimes Brock Lesnar in the mix as the top-tier main eventers, maybe it is for the best. Maybe they deem that they need Roman on both shows. I think that's exactly what this is about. But that being said... It seems that Roman on both shows may lead to the law of diminishing returns, right? Like the last two appearances he had on Raw, or let's just look at this since WrestleMania. On Raw, he basically told you to tune into SmackDown. And on SmackDown, with the exception of Shinsuke Nakamura coming out, he basically just told you to tune into Raw. Is that what it's going to be with Roman Reigns? Is it just going to be too much Roman Reigns? And I think it may be getting to that point because it does seem that his promos and his appearances are starting to become a little redundant. And I think that one of the biggest attributes or positives of the brand split is that it stops people from becoming redundant on television. It stops people from getting sick of certain wrestlers. It stops performers from being overworked and overexposed. So like, I think that it's trending towards it being completely dead. Maybe some wrestlers you'll only you'll see on Raw and SmackDown more. I think it'll be the mostly the main storylines that you'll begin to see on both shows. I just think it's a very bad idea for several reasons. Yeah, definitely trending that it's dead. I'd say it's on life support at best. I mean, again, they violated the they they I think they went two weeks without violating the rules. I I actually kept count this year of how long it would take before they just violated their own rule without explaining it. And I I think it was Rey Mysterio who was the one that violated it. Um, they just had him on uh, SmackDown or Raw and he wasn't supposed to be there. But anyway, um, so you know, I I do think that. There, as, there's a lot of benefit. You and I did an entire show on the brand split and why it's generally we, we landed on the impression that it was a good thing. And, and I think you and I were on the same page with that, that it's generally a good thing for talent. It gives talent more of an opportunity to shine when instead of just having one or two main storylines running through both shows, obviously it gives more talent, more opportunities, which you and I are on board for. Um, but in this case, yeah, I mean, they, they run the risk of overexposing Roman to the point of uh, of exhaustion. Right. Like where, like you said. Where he he's on SmackDown, you know he's exclusive to SmackDown, but now he's on both shows, and I think they are gonna run that risk. But I think maybe they feel it's a risk they're willing to take, given maybe what they're seeing with the numbers on ratings, maybe with the minute by minute ratings they're seeing with Roman Reigns. Every time he pops on the screen, ratings go up. Maybe if they're seeing that, I don't have the rating minute by minute sheet in front of me. Maybe that's what they're seeing, and if the numbers pan out. I guess I would do the same thing, too. I mean, even if fans are going, oh, my God, more Roman Reigns, if more viewers are tuning in, I'd be like, well, sorry, guys, the, the numbers say I got to do this. You know, I, and, and I get that. I understand the business part of it. And that, I'm not saying that to be true. I'm just saying maybe that's a possibility. Now, if he's on Raw and SmackDown every single week, I think, excuse me, I think that that is going to be a, a problem for the Usos as well, because they're attached to Roman by proxy. And if they become the unified champions of uh, tag team champions, we're going to see the Usos a whole hell of a lot more. 
And people have been talking about them also taking all the gold, meaning the Intercontinental and the United States Championship. I mean, I, I don't think that'll happen. But if they did that, then, yeah, everything will circle around and orbit around the the, uh, the bloodline. Everything is just going to orbit around them. And people are – I think it'll get to the point if they continue to do this down this path where we see them all the time and every show seems to center on, oh, my God, Roman's going to tell us the next step. He's going to come out and tell us this and that. Yeah, I, I think that fans will go from this is a great storyline, it's genuine heat, Roman's a great heel, to, okay, um, I want to watch something else. They do run that risk of people taking that step because as great of a heel as he's been and this run has been legendary for his career, they are they're walking a very tight rope already of people going, that's enough of Roman. Can we just do something else? This isn't good heat. This is I want to watch something else heat. And there's a difference. People will argue with me there's not. There's a difference because when people tune out of your product, that your viewership goes down, which means your revenue dollars go down. So that's what I think. Yeah, and I think that WWE, or more specifically Vince, realized that they caught lightning in a bottle with Roman Reigns and the Tribal Chief gimmick, and they realized that it's worked and gotten over with people, but now it's getting to the point where, like, okay, are you just overexposing Roman like you did in 2015 and 2016? And albeit it's in a much more palatable character and storyline, and it is a very good storyline and all that eventually it's not going to work anymore like even with stone cold steve austin like i don't think we ever saw stone cold steve austin exposed this much for this long doing the same thing and do saying the same thing and you know you know everything orbiting around stone cold steve austin like and i guess like look I, i'm not trying to compare the two and I'm not saying that Stone Cold Steve Austin would have had people turn on them, but even Stone Cold Steve Austin said that maybe they didn't want it to be stale, and that's the reason why they turned him heel in 2001. Obviously, that didn't work out, but he he even had the thought process of, you know, like, this act might be getting stale. And you also had, like, The Undertaker to lean on, and Triple H, who got his run with the title. You sprinkled in the, the Cinderella story of Mankind winning the championship, the Rock's meteorotic rise in late 1999 and the year of The Rock was basically the year 2000. Like, it wasn't just all Steve Austin all the time. And I feel like it's kind of getting to the point where it's just, for as good as he is, it's just all Roman all the time. And, you know, you, you look at some of the most, his, like, memorable WWE championship runs of the last 20 years or so, like it wasn't for so long of just doing the same thing. It was very short and sweet and sprinkled in here and there. And I, I just fear that they're taking something with Roman that's very good and very over and truly a, one of the best runs of the last decade or so and just trying to force feed it and turn it into something so much bigger than it actually is. Well, I think they'd argue, well, that's our job. We're supposed to make it bigger than it is. We're, it's all about perception is reality. But the problem with this is, I mean, you alluded to it, is that, you know, again, again people are going to get very sick very quickly of Roman. I mean, I'm already hearing it from it. I mean, pe listeners are telling me about it. I'm seeing it all over social media. People are just sick and tired of Roman's boring. What about you that. personally? Um, well, 
here's the thing. I mean, when when you're comparing to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and and of course, I mean, the Attitude Era is is just highly it, it's regarded as the golden era of wrestling. I mean, followed closely by the ruthless aggression era. But I think that when you're comparing the two, number one, again, Stone Cold wasn't overexposed because number one, it was a two-hour RAW. Back then, there wasn't a weekly SmackDown until the uh, what was it, 2000 or so. No, yeah, yeah. Late I mean, 99. Late 99. So, so Austin had a good year and a half of just you only saw Austin once a week. It was a two-hour show, and they sprinkled Austin through the show enough to where it hooked you. Usually, he'd open the show or being involved in a main segment, and then it, it would it would eventually translate to the end of the show where he'd be in the main event. And the thing is, he was so over, and he had a Hall of Fame car- cast of characters to work with that it was kind of an ex- a bit of an exception to the rule but two hour raw no smackdown for part of his career i think helped um and so when you talk about roman reigns and and and, and him being overexposed i think it already kind of is happening I, i'm hearing it now you're probably hearing it now but personally how do i feel i think that roman reigns is teetering on overexposure he's right at the line right now he's at the doorway of overexposure and if and there he's about to step into it and i think he will step into it why because wwe has a history a long history of when they find something that works they continue with it but then they continue with it until it's dead and buried and they resurrect it and kill it again that's just what they do. That's just what they do with something when they know it works. They completely destroy it by just ramming it over and over and over down your throat. And that's just what they do. So do I think Roman's going to be on both shows consistently? I do. And I don't know for how long, assumingly until he loses the championship, which at the earliest you and I have both conceded is probably in four months at SummerSlam against Drew McIntyre. I don't see him losing it beforehand. I don't care who the hell challenges him from Shinsuke to an, uh, a, a recycled opponent between Shinsuke and SummerSlam. Uh, but that's what I envision is Roman's right there right now. And I think he's he's not quite overexposed, but boy, is he close. And I think they're going to do it. And I think people are going to get sick of it. And we're all just going to have to go. This is just WWE booking, guys. This just is what they do. It's sad. Too, because they have something really good and um that like uh, honestly i think he probably should have dropped it at this year's wrestlemania to drew mcintyre and then you could have put the belt back on him and but that's a whole different angle and a yeah, whole when, new when you think about it, why, why the hell they bring brock back just to lose like brock lost every yeah. single match he had with roman reigns the only matches he won since he came back at SummerSlam was against Austin Theory, Madison Square Garden, that was not televised, and the triple threat or fatal five-way or whatever the hell it was where he won the WWE Championship just to get to Roman and to the drop chamber. the belt to Roman. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing to have Brock to come back just to lose. I mean, all they, the only thing, the reason Brock was brought back was a tool and a stepping stone for, for Roman Reigns' belt. I mean, that's it. Just to have him try to validate Roman Reigns even further, which I don't I, – I, I would have kept Brock the hell out of it. And like you said, had Drew and Roman at this year's WrestleMania. I, you and I thought that was going to be the main event for months leading up to it until Brock came back. But that's what I was saying leading up to WrestleMania is that the entire WrestleMania was – well, the main event scene, of course, was built around trying to legitimize Roman Reigns – as like one of the greatest of all time and you can't force that like like and i and i hate to be the guy of like well back in my day which is crazy because i'm only 27 but like back in my day watching wrestling 
you weren't told that a historic match was happening weeks in advance. Like, I, I remember the build to WrestleMania 20, uh, 17 in 2001. Did we know that Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at the Houston Astrodome was going to be the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, in my opinion? Did we know that that WrestleMania was going to be forever regarded as the greatest WrestleMania ever? Like, it's just you can't force feed these things. And I think that what they've done over the last 10 months or so, starting with John Cena, to be honest, is that they've just taken guys and most notably Cena and Brock and sacrificed them to try and promote Roman Reigns as opposed to just trying to make it organic. And I don't think that I would feel any different about Roman Reigns' run. Let's say I'm looking back on his title run five years from now. Would I feel any different about it had he lost to Drew McIntyre at this year's WrestleMania as opposed to beating Brock Lesnar in the unification match and the greatest match in the history of the planet? Probably not. I just think that it was very short-sighted booking and you sacrificed an opportunity to really make a guy like Drew. And then you could have had Drew versus Roman in rematches going all the way into the summer. Like, people forget that, like, the Batista-Triple H rivalry, and this is just one example, was a match, was a was a program that started at WrestleMania, and then they clashed a backlash, and then they went on to the Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood 04. So... Look, I, I don't know. I, I think it was very short-sighted, and in the end, it's going to do more harm than good. It does seem like it's uh, it, it just was – I don't know. I, I think that this was not a needed victory for Roman. When I look back at this year's WrestleMania, I mean, I don't care how many times they told me it's going to be the biggest match ever at WrestleMania, which, again, is it just pissed me off right from the beginning when they called it that um, it was it's a total joke and it, it was not just a marketing slogan i also think that they were trying to repeat it thinking the more they say it maybe somebody will believe us that it's the biggest wrestlemania match of all time to try to make it bigger than it actually was because fans were like we've seen this before okay we've seen them fight many times before three times at wrestlemania we've seen this um and they're trying to do anything they could to, to uh, it into existence to brainwash it yeah like if they say it enough times maybe it'll actually become true of being the biggest wrestlemania match and number one it did not deliver on match quality at all uh, i don't think it was god awful but it was just like nah. it, it was okay um you know what you're going to get with these two and then roman reigns wins brock goes back to saskatchewan behind his 12 foot fence until like august or whatever and you know that's what's going to happen and now you have roman reigns back taking himself down several pegs to go down to whatever's left on SmackDown that he can scrape up and, and defend his belt against which is Shinsuke. And I hate to say that about Shinsuke, but he has not exactly been the focal point of WWE since he faced AJ Styles, the main event a few years ago at WrestleMania. I mean, that that's just a fact. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I just, I don't think that this did anything for Roman's career this past year. I wouldn't have thought any different about his run. I would have been like, that was a great run. It was an excellent, excellent job by all parties involved. It felt like the right time. Let's give Drew the belt and then have Roman in chase mode, beating him down and then have several rematches. I, I, I just, yeah, I don't get it, but, um, all right. Well, any, uh, any final thoughts here? We're going to close things out. 
No, I'm actually kind of getting upset thinking about this, but uh, that's a whole new different <laughs> yeah, rabbit hole that we could tackle next week. I, I know. I'm, I'm actually, like, pissed off. Like, I'm sitting here like, man, I, I didn't realize I felt this deeply about about this particular rivalry and Roman and, and the way WWE has been portraying things. And here comes the overexposure, guys. It's coming. You think oh, it's you, happening. Yeah. As we speak right now, we, ha- we are about to cross the threshold into I cannot handle Roman Reigns on my screen anymore. And that's not a good thing. I don't care if somebody want to argue, oh, teal heat. No, not when people want to, you know, turn on, I don't know, whatever people watch these days. That I, I don't even know what the cool kids watch anymore on Netflix. Vikings Valhalla. That's what you got to watch. Uh, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. Um, should I, what, what's it called? Vikings Valhalla. I would highly suggest it. On Netflix, not Hulu or anything? No, Netflix. Okay. It's a Netflix original. Okay. Well, that, you guys heard it here first, too, so... I will maybe I will check that out. That's what the cool kids are watching. I want to make sure I get to sit at the the lunch table with the kids. I can I can uh, feel cool with and uh, because I really I have like, no idea. My wife and I just watch reruns of Big Bang and Friends and Office. Like well, there's a, <laughs> just a constant cycle that we all go through because we're you know millennials and we 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 watch our shows to feel. I don't know. I don't know. We just watch our comfort shows for whatever reason. And uh, so cool. Yeah, maybe I'll check that out and. Uh, Everybody, go uh, check out the show that uh, Anthony did regarding the Black Wedding in 99. I think it was 99. I don't think it was 98 or 99. I, you think I'd know this. I don't know. One of those two <laughs> years uh, where Stone Cold saved Stephanie McMahon and showed a different side of himself after uh, Vince McMahon was just about to reveal himself as the higher power in, in, a, in a, about a month later. But uh, So, yeah, great stuff. And, uh, Anthony, uh, do you want to share social media? Yeah, as always, you can get me on Twitter at AdaMark25, and uh, yeah, catch me every Friday right here on the WWE Podcast. Awesome. Very good, and you and I got to go blow off some steam now that we're we're diving into WWE secrets, and we're diving into their, <laughs> their logic, and we're we're not happy, but our, all right, buddy, you, you have a good night. We'll, we'll talk next week. Yeah, man. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.